the things that I know that I should do, I don't. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. Have you ever found yourself in this dilemma? Today, in Grounded High School podcast, we're going to talk about how to recognize temptation for what it is and overcome. Stay tuned. Plant a seed in my soul. Today's topic is an all too common topic amongst every single Christian believer, period. Why am I taking so much time in emphasizing it? Because I want you to understand, for example, that the Bible says that there is no temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Then the verse goes on to say, but with each temptation, God would provide a way of escape. So listen, the temptation that you and I face is common to man. You're not going through a temptation that I haven't gone through and vice versa, or there's things that we go through that other people have gone through the same exact temptations. Here's the key, not giving in to the temptation. Now, it's important that we first understand how temptation works. And in order to do that, we need to go to the book of James. Now I'm reading here in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, James says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But listen to the key here. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? His own desires and then enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth death. So here's the way it works. There's a desire that you and I have within us and then comes along a temptation to do it. And then if we give in, it's sin. By the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when we give in to the temptation that is unbiblical. Now, the devil or the fallen angels, our enemy, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, uses things to entice us. We do not have to give in because we have been freed by Christ. The moment that I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I became free from sin. Paul would say later on that whatever I present the members of my body to do, I become its slave. So if I start smoking, I'm going to become a slave to smoking. If I start drinking, I'm going to become a slave to drinking. It doesn't matter. If I start looking at pornography, I'm going to start being a slave to pornography. And so those passions and those lusts, the more they're fed, the more they want. The the flesh is never satisfied. And I think that it's important that you and I understand that, that if we give in It's never going to be enough. You're never going to come to a place where you go, wow, I'm satisfied in sin. It's the opposite. When we seek God and we desire to be satisfied in the things that he has for us, the things that are true and lovely and good, 
praiseworthy, noble, trustworthy, if I didn't already say that, uh, the fruits of righteousness, so on and so forth. Basically, the things that are found in the in the Word of God that are good, when we seek and desire, for example, to live our lives to the glory of God, then we're satisfied. We can be satisfied in serving the Lord. I can be satisfied within my marriage. It's a biblical thing. So there's many things that I can be satisfied in, but sin is not one of them. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. See, sin does the opposite. Sin does not have the payout that it promises. It always promises pleasure, satisfaction, and all those things. And the Bible does say that sin is pleasurable for a season, but in the end, it leads to death. That's what sin does. Sin always leads us down a path towards death. So let's talk about how we can identify things in our lives that we can avoid. So if you're going to drive down the freeway, for example, and you didn't know that there was a road work going on and, and they failed to put out cones and there's a giant hole in the road and you're driving down the freeway and you hit this giant hole, that's an accident. Okay, that's one thing. But if you know the hole is there and there's all these signs and there's cones and you plow through the cones and you don't care, you avoid all the signs and you hit that ditch and you destroy your car, you're the only one to blame because you avoided every single thing that was telling you to do the opposite. There was signs saying pull over to the left or go to the right or stop or go back or whatever the signs were telling you to do, but you ignored them all and you drove through barrier after barrier to ultimately find yourself in a ditch. The same is true of sin. God points out sin all throughout the scripture and he says, don't do these things because they're sin. Now, let me just interject this. It's, it's not bad for you because it's sin. It's sin because it's bad for you. You see, sin is always a deviation away from God's perfect plan. Because God loves you, because God desires the best for you, and by the way, it's not just some like, oh, gee, great guy in the sky that just hopes the best for you. No, God absolutely loves you. His very nature is love. And so God says, don't do these things. Why? Because they're harmful. So if you give in to them and you find your life messed up, you can't say, why, God, did you do this to me? God didn't do it to you. We did it to ourselves. Again, going back to the freeway. If you go ramming through all the signs, you can't go to the state of California and say, why did you do this to me? The state of California could say, we had all the signs up. There's flashing cones. There's, there's everything saying, don't go down this way, but you went down that way anyways. So understand, it's very much the same with God. God has put all of the cones, all the flashing lights, warning us, don't go down this path, because if you do, it's going to lead to destruction. So he's given us the signs in his word. Now, he also says in Galatians 5, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If we sow to the flesh, we will of the flesh reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit, we'll of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So daily, I have a choice. Am I going to present my members, like Romans chapter 12, verse 3, or 1 to 3 says, am I going to present my members, my body, as a living sacrifice to God to bring God glory? Or am I going to use the day? Am I going to use my mind? Am I going to use my eyes? Am I going to use my hands? Am I going to use my body to please myself? That's the real question. But 
start by identifying things that are a temptation to you because there are things that might be a temptation for you that are not a temptation for me and vice versa. So we need to identify first and foremost, what are those things that are a temptation? And then we need to steer clear of those things. Don't go where those things are. Don't turn on the computer where there's that temptation. Whatever it is that you've got to do personally to avoid it, then avoid it. So there's one in three ways that the devil will work to tempt you. It's through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he'll work with one of those three things to ensnare you and to trap you because that's his desire. And the Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. It's his goal to tear you down and to rob you, to steal, to destroy whatever he's got to do. And however he's got to do it, Christian, he's going to do it so that you won't share Jesus with people around you. Because when you're in sin, that's the last thing that you want to do is go tell people about Jesus. Now, here's the reality is today, if you, if you found yourself living in some sin, then as a believer, you, you need to immediately repent of it. 1 John 1, 9 says that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all sin. Isn't that amazing? From all sin. He is faithful and just to cleanse us if we ask for forgiveness. So right now, ask God for forgiveness. Don't Wait, don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. And then here's the other key. Once, you're, once you've repented, then we need to turn in James over, excuse me, let me find the verse here uh, because I was just reading it. Chapter four, verse seven, listen to what it says here. Uh, James says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, I think that's the key. If you're living in sin and you're laughing and you're having a great time, it's time to turn that around and actually repent. Repent and draw near to Jesus, and he'll draw near to you. And there's an old saying, if you feel far from God, guess who moved? See, because God will never leave us nor forsake us, the Bible says. But there are often times where we, through neglect or laziness or busyness or whatever the cause, or just because of sin, we find ourselves drifting away from the Lord. And so we need to draw back near him. And as we draw closer to him, the Bible says he will draw near to us. So listen, I hope that this helps you and serves you well. And one last thing before we sign off here today, and that's this. If you're struggling with a sin, find verses that would really help you combat the temptation. Here's where the temptation starts. It starts in the mind, and then it's actually later on lived out in the physical body. So what you need is you need a guard over your mind, and that comes through the scriptures. So find some scriptures that apply to the specific sin and temptation that you're dealing with and memorize those verses and use them as a weapon against the temptation. And I pray and hope that that helps. Listen, you can always write us here at hsgrounded at calvaryCCH. Ask questions. Uh, come see us in the youth ministry, whatever. But we'd love to minister to you guys. We're praying for you. And one of the biggest prayers that we've been praying is that God would cleanse his church. And that has to start with you and me.
Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray for anyone listening right now that they would find the strength to get out of the sin that they're in by your Holy Spirit. Father, you sent your Son into the world to live a sinless life on our behalf, fully keeping the law, fully obeying the Father in all things. You kept every point of the law. You were sinless. And as a sinless spotless lamb, you offered yourself up in my place and in the place of those listening. And I pray today that, God, we would resurrect in the newness of life according to your word and live for you sold out. And if there's anyone listening to this podcast that God has not received you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, that today they would recognize as the day of salvation. Your Bible says that you demonstrated your love toward them in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, friend, if that's you listening, I pray that today you would repent of your sin, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do that by the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart that Jesus Christ is God, that he was uh, lived a sinless life, that he was hung upon the cross for your and my sins, buried in the grave, and three days later rose again. If you believe that, confess that to someone. Confess it to a family member. Confess it to a friend, find a youth pastor or a church or somebody on the street and tell them that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God, we just thank you for this day and bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Plant a seed in my soul.